Today's daf is Nun Gimel. We pick up at the top, very top, first line. Talking, we're finally up to that moment that the Kohen Gadol is in the Kodesh Kodashim. You know, he has uh, walked through the curtains. He's standing by the rock, which we'll find out of, or in the Bayatrishan by the Kodesh Kodashim. He puts the fire pen down. He puts on the incense. I want to remind you that what we did not discuss here, but which we dealt with earlier, was the complicated process by which he got the incense from the from the uh, ladle back into his hands. It actually was debated, if you remember, whether we say um, that um, that chofein v'chosa v'chofein. Did he have to do it again from his hands? Of course, we assume that he did. He somehow managed to get it back into his hands and put it now on the um, on the fire pan, and the house fills up. The meaning the kachim kachim fills up with with smoke, and then he is going to leave. It also occurred to me, and you know maybe this is self evident, um, but things I find things that are self evident are worth saying um, that um, that you know I, I pointed out before that um, how a lot of the Mishnayot sort of are like pulling out and pulling in like you think they're going to finally get around to talking about about the Avoda then they thought oh in the rest of the year they used to do these lies and da, 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 da. then they get to the next stage you did this week oh in the rest of the year this is how they would bring up all the stuff and it occurred to me that you know part of what's achieved that way in terms of the drama of what we're reading is if you went straight and just said here's what he did it would like it would not feel I think as you know momentous as like you would appreciate the uniqueness and the, uh, um, the, the the auspicious nature of what he was doing so by constantly sort of giving us a larger context and then pulling back in we're like prepared now for this you know for this very special moment which is just so unique um, in terms of what normally would be done so that's where we are now and um, and we are going to um, and we are and we pick up on the top of Nungimalamadawif taking a look at this next stage as he is per, bur, bur, putting the uh, incense on the fire and as we said he starts near and he moves um, you know and he moves uh, forward he moves so that he I'm sorry he starts far away from him and he moves closer so that he does not burn so that he does not burn his arm what that was Machokas but that was what Abai said made sense Okay, so let's let's take a look. I'm trying to see if I can actually get this thing started. Okay. Um sorry. Just working once again trying to get this started. Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, so Tana Rabbanan, our rabbi's talk. Our top again of first line in Gemara Madal. In the time of the Ketorot, Allah Eish Bifnei Hashem, and you shall put the Ketorot on the fire before God. So the the Ketorot put Lifnei Hashem when you are in the presence of God, when you are in the Kodesh Kedushim. Do not put the Ketorot on the fire pan outside and bring in. And and this is like this proof, this pasuk uproots the approach of the you know uh, disproves the approach of the tzedukim. That you first put the incense on the firebrand outside and you bring it in after the incense is already burning. You come in with the incense burning. And I will remind you that the um, what do you call it? I'll remind you that the um, um, the um, 
what they taught, you know, the whole period when they were ta- teaching him during the seven days about preparing the incense and they taught him how to do it, right, they made him take this oath that he would not do it like the way the Sudukim do it. And a lot of the assumption about, um, what do you call it, a lot of the assumption about why the Kohen might die when he's in the Kodesh Kadashim has to do with these concerns about, um, you know, that he would do it like the Tzadukim did it and that would somehow lead to his death. Okay, so now we are finally getting to, um, what do you call it, to the fact about the, um, to the fact that the Tzadukim in which this debate is based on. Okay, so let's take a look. Um, my Darsh, what, what is it, now this is quite fascinating, right? Let's hear what the Tzadukim held. So what, was, what did the Tzadukim say? My Darsh, so, um, right? What's the Pasuk? Is that, is that the Pasuk? so the key be Anan, what Anan is it? So of course Pshat is God always appears to Anan. And I, God, my presence is felt Allah Kaporis in this Anan, and therefore this is a very, you know, holy place, the Kodesh Kadashim, is a place where you directly encounter God, that's where my cloud is, and therefore you need to do all of this preparation. But interestingly, according to what we're about to read, both Chazal and the Tzedukim understand that Ki Be'anan does not refer to God's classic appearance to Anan, but it refers to um, the Anan of the incense, the Anan created by the burning of the incense. So let's take a look, okay? So, Ki Be'anan Era'el Al HaKapores, Melamed, so the Tzedukim say, the teaches, Shetikein Melamed, uh, da, da, uh, I, can't, I, can't, I keep on losing myself because I'm being distracted. First, have the have have the curse burning, then go in. So you appear when you enter. Don't go in at any time. If you want to come in, it has to be with an anan. You have to enter in with an anan. So with an anan, I will see. You know, that's the way you enter. That allows you to enter. That's how they read it. Amulahem, Chachamim, so the Chachamim said back, Velok Farnemar, what do you mean? The Puzzle says very clearly, Venatanetektart, Al Haish, Lifnei Hashem, that is put on the fire in the presence of God. So how do you saw it? Clearly it means you put it in when you're in the Kodesh Kodashim. In came Matam, Loma Kiba, Anani, Elakabas, so what do we do with that verse? So rather than, as I said, interpret the word Anan just means God's presence in the Anan. No, Melame Shinosin, but it does talk about, it means about the Torah. But Melame Shinosin, but Ma'ale Ashan, it means what you have to do is you have to put one of the ingredients of the Torah, has to be this herb of Ma'ale Ashan. You might remember that herb we discussed, which made the Torah go straight up like a pole, right, as opposed to sort of, you know, scatter. Remember that, about how they, would, they didn't want to teach the secret of how they made the Torah, how they knew about this, this herb. So Kiba Anan Ereb means Yes, when I when you when I appear on the so when you come in to, in order to see me, it has to be with an anon. But it just means make sure that the Torah creates the anon. Doesn't mean that you enter in enveloped in an anon. 
right? It means make sure that when you encounter me, it is through it is the it is through an anan through the ketor creating an anan. Okay, but so it's quite fascinating that they are willing to concede that the anan does refer to the ketor. I'm sorry, Yeah, I know. I I was waiting for somebody to ask that. I wondered about that too. You know, even without the malayashad, it would still make smoke, but it might not be or scattered it out. Well, right. Well, that was the discussion before that. Though that did not discuss how the anan was. Well, that discussed whether it would be quick or or take time in terms of whether it would go straight or disperse. That the Gemara focused on this malei ashan. Um, yeah. There was always a malei ashan. Just these people knew which kind made it go up straight. I think the Gemara said that the name of the herb was malei ashan. Um, and actually, not that they, not that there was always, but yes, but no, but with or without the herb, it would obviously smoke. It would be right. smoke, which is why that's Michael's question, and I was wondering well, as well. I that, that there's always a, a smoke accelerator, if you will, but, <laughs> but not everybody knew the best one. Right, that could be. That could be. You're, you're, tra- you're, you're translating Malashan as a generic, like yeah. Frigidaire, right? right? <laughs> or Band-Aid, right? But uh, I think the Gemara had it more as a specific brand name. But anyway, but yes, there would always be smokes. So, oh, so you want to read this Malashan? as make sure you put in something right not necessarily the Malayashan make sure there's something that creates that smoke that's a possible read that's a nice read okay but they're willing to concede it does mean you, that, that, that you, you need the Anan HaKitolet in order to have this encounter but th- that doesn't mean you enter in with that Anan already created okay well, well uh, let's take a look um so the word says like this, Now, of course, this is a funny brighta, because right after saying that we learned from Kibanan that you need Malayashan, then it says, where do we know you have to have Malayashan? It's very clear from that pasuk that when you burn it, the, sm- the Anan created by the Ketoret has to cover the Kaporet. So therefore, clearly from that pasuk, you see that that has to be done, that has to be happening when the Ketoris is burning, this Anan has to be created. So the Gemara is going to ask in a minute, why did you need to quote two psukim? You already tried to say that was what the first pasuk meant. But from these two psukim, we see that, yes, you have to create an Anan, but it doesn't mean you, the Anan is created outside, the Anan is created inside. Mm-hmm. By the way, I did want to say, Ashan. So, uh, so from there we see that if you did not create the Malashan, Oshachisar Achas or you are missing one of the ingredients of the fragrances of the incense, Chayv Misa, you're deserving of death. Now, how we know you're deserving of death, we'll get to in a minute, like, you know, we sort of say the Pitamak Torah, you know, and Shabbos that we mentioned, the Chisa Achas Nikos Misa, we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, I just want to say one thing, which is, that verse, the later verse, is probably what influences even Chazal, to read the first verse of Kiva Anan, meaning the Anan HaKetoret, and not the Anan that normally appears. Because this early verse says Kiba Anan Erael Hakaporet, so you hear the keywords Anan Kaporet, right? And then later, when it actually talks about him burning the incense, what does it say? It says Vinatana Tektores Aleisifnei Hashem Zchisa Anan Hakaporet Et Hakaporet Anan Hakaporet Et Hakaporet Kiba Anan Erael Hakaporet. So it's not a, you know, it's a pretty reasonable read to say the first Anan when God appears, Al HaKaporet, is the same as the later we hear that the Anan no, the covers. The, the other one is Anan HaKaporet, the first one isn't. 
I don't because they didn't say the word hakatoret. Yeah. But still, the juxtaposition of anan and kaporet. So that's why even Chazal are willing to concede that the first verse means anan hakatoret, but they just say it doesn't mean you create it ahead of time. It means that when you cre- do it in the Kodesh Kadashem, make sure that it does fill with the an- create an anan, create a, a cloud, and does fill the, the, the and does fill the oh, you know go over the kaporet. Yeah. Where in the bright have Chazal proven that the kaporet is burned inside? Um, no, that's from the pasuk. Hashem means what is the presence of God? That is now, of course, it's funny because very often Lifnei Hashem can mean. I remember to tell you. Remember to talk about taking the call. Now he's there. Me Lifnei Hashem. You know, Lifnei Hashem could mean anything. Yeah, maybe it means right here Lifnei Hashem. But their argument is, maybe they said that. Their argument is that once you're in this inside the Heichal and and says Lifnei Hashem, that's got to mean you know the most Lifnei Hashem possible. That's how they read it, which is a pretty reasonable read. Okay. So now let's continue. Okay, so we have this Chayav Misa, which we'll get back to. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Um, the tape of lay. So this Gemara first jumps right into this issue of Chayav Misa. The tape of lay, the Kamayo Biyarei Why don't we learn out that you're Chayav Misa because you are entering in a empty entering. What does that mean, an empty entering? So Chazal understands because the Pesach says the Lo Yamut. Right? The Pesach says like this. The Pesach says... Um, where is it? Right there at the beginning. It says... Um, yeah. Al yavo b'cholet el ha-kodesh mi beit l'chvaroche. So p'nei ha-kopot ha-shalom, v'lo yamut! V'lo yamut! Okay, so what does v'lo yamut mean? So Chazal understand why would the calling God, when, under what circumstances would he be chai of Misa? So it, under, it reads the puzzle two ways. One is, al yavo b'cholet v'lo yamut! Don't just walk in stum. That actually, if somebody enters into the Kodesh Kadashim, let's say in the context of Avoda, and is, enters in as a Bia Rekanit, an empty entering, he's not in the context of bringing Torah, just stum walks in, Chayiv Misa, you're not allowed to come in stum, and then you're deserving of death, which actually is, I would say, Pshat of the Psukim, without doing this whole procedure, you're Chayiv Misa, okay? You're, you'll be deserving of death, you know? Um, now, uh, the other reading is right. What do you mean to do? I'm sorry. You're saying don't go in to do an avoda. Don't go in unless you have something with you. Well, meaning I, I, I met. Going in later. Take yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but that's not the array comments. That's for a. You can't go in without anything. I mean, the rules don't. Don't go in. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean without anything in your hand. Don't go in purpose for for, for no purpose. Okay, B.R.A. kind of means for no purpose. No, okay. Okay. Or no licensed purpose, no justified purpose. No, it's not even like the above that. Like, if, if you don't have either a, you know, a trade purpose or exactly. a purpose. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, exactly. Don't go in without any justified and authorized purpose. Okay? Any unauthorized entry. Okay? <laughs> but, but that is unauthorized because it's not like you're via. It's just B.R.A. kind of is purposeless. Any purposeless entry. Okay? So, the other ver- way to read the verse, though, is that the the, the the line before that if it's low nothing by malashan or shechis or achas mikol samanera emphasizes not the al yavob chol eight but emphasizes the lo yamut ki be anan erael hakapores don't you will not be deserving of death because I can only be seen be anan I can only be seen if you bring the ketores in the right way. So if the Ketoret is not the completely correct Ketoret, or it doesn't have the Anan, then that's also Vuloya Yamut Ki Be'anan. So the Gemara's question is, 
Okay, but that's saying the same thing. It's saying don't come in unless you're burning the guitars properly. Why do I need to say Yechayev Misa for burning the guitars improperly? Say Yechayev Misa because you did not, in the end, you didn't do the right avoda. And that, therefore it was a Biere Kanis. Where would there be a gap between those two formulations? So let's take a look. So the Gemara says like this. Um, Amar Avshesh says, Kachav Mayaski, you know, what are you talking about? He goes, Shishagag Bibiya, the Hezid Bahaktara. So, um, so uh, you're only chayv misa if you do it b'meizid. Again, not that the court will put you to death, but misa b'dei shemayim. So, if, if you do this avera, either b'arekanis or burning the katarit incorrectly. So, Shesh just basically says, look, you're right. Those two can always overlap. Okay, but if you knew about one and not the other, if, you, if we can't get you for A, we'll get you for B. So, if you were shogeg and you didn't know it was usher to enter in a b'arekanis but you knew it was usher to burn the incorrect Torah, or it was usher to burn the Torah without the Mala Ashan, then even though we can't be, be, get you Chayiv Misa for the Arakanis, we'll get you Chayiv Misa for burning the Torah incorrectly. So what he is basically saying is, fine, I'm not going to be, I'm not interested in finding a case where you'll have one scenario without the other. Let's concede that basically you always get both, you know, whenever you have the burning of the Torah incorrectly, you're also going to, meaning you can have a Arakanis without the incorrect burning. You just walk in. But whenever you have the incorrect burning, it also is a B'arekhanis. I'll concede that. But I still want to say you're high for the incorrect burning because you might not be high for the B'arekhanis just because you were showcased. So I'm pointing out that you're also going to have a Chiyu Nisa for the burning incorrectly and that's what you should be high for. Yes, Rivka. Only Godot does not make it. Another family makes it, right? Um, he's handed to him. Yes. Correct, correct. Why should he... Bichayev Misa. Uh, that's a good point. If he knows, if he knows, if he doesn't know he's wrong, then he's an honest. He's not just a shogay, he's an honest. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. So you're right. The only Chiyav Misa would be if he was aware of that what he was doing was, not only he was aware that it was prohibited, but he was aware that what he was doing was actually the wrong Ketoret. That's an excellent point. You're absolutely right about that. So that would be the scenario. It's the same structure of thinking as uh, the bright uh, Shabbat. He, he knew that it was Shabbat, but didn't know the Malachal. Yeah, so exactly. You have to know both. Know. Right. Okay. So Ravashi Yamar, a few say Mechizi Bazu Bazu. No, Ravashi says, I'm going to look for a more interesting case. He knows it, it's also to enter B.R.A. Khanis. He knows it's entered to burn the construction correctly. He's, w- he's willingly violating both. And nevertheless, it's possible to burn the curtain correctly without having a B.R.A. Khanis. How could you do that? This really sounds like, a chro- like almost a chronist. He brings in two Haktaruses. Okay, Achas Shlema One is correct. And one is lacking. One is full. One doesn't have the all of the all of the ingredients, or doesn't have the mali ashan. And he's going to burn two ketoreses while he's there. Okay, so abiyolomichayev. He's not chayev for the for the, uh, a purposeless entry. He's doing this at the same time. You understand the ha'ayol the ha'aleshlema because he's doing a legitimate entry. When he goes and he he, he, go, he brings both in, he burns the correct one. So that justifies his entry. So his entry was now justified. But uh, now that he's done that, Haktor Mikhail, now he can't leave well enough alone. He's got to now burn the second one. The second one is the one that's not a full Katoris. That now Yechayev Misa for the Kamakti Katoris Chaseira, because you're burning a lacking Katoris. So your whole entry was legitimate, but you should have stopped while you were ahead. You went that you burnt the second one, for that you're going to be Yechayev Misa. Okay. I just have to say, it totally reminds me of that joke about the uh, two bombs on the plane, which I told you often. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the joke? The guy 
guy's the actuary and he's always so nervous to go on a plane because he's figuring out the odds that there's going to be a bomb on a plane and he's like he's always you know he and he like he, he, he the whole flight he's miserable so once he's on a flight with his friend and he's like completely calm he says how come you're so calm I said you know you're always afraid and the odds of bombs like this yeah he says but now I beat the system I brought a bomb on the plane what are the chances of there being two bombs <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's like I brought two choruses oh. yes yeah, no, no. <laughs> Right, right. right. Uh, well, wait. This discussion about about Bierikanis and and Shlema is not the Sudukim argument. No, no, oh, the earlier yeah. argument. Yeah, right. That's the thing. The Gemara presents it as completely reasonable interpretation of the Sukim, but yeah. somehow there's a consensus that it's wrong. Well, I mean, but it is exactly. very obvious. I was looking at it again. It says. That's a good point. It's not just Leishem Right. They would be Vinapan and you would already place. Yeah. You know, but you're right. You know, right. So that's right. Okay. Exactly. And that's right. There's no point that. It's not like we haven't done things similar things. But you're right. It's not just Leishem Hashem. It's the sequence of the Pesukim. Okay. There was a an ideological divide there. This, this is not so that's an interesting question. Do you think that there was like a profound theological issue about what, you know, like this idea of like, like can't, maybe you could understand that. Like, can you directly approach Hashem? You know, do you need to always be doing it through a cloud that you're enveloped by the cloud when you enter in? You know, you could understand a theological, but I didn't, you didn't mean that when you said an ideological divide, did you? No, I meant you know, they're reformed. Right. 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 It becomes identified as a position that's chutzpah machana. I, I also think what's, what's worth pointing out is, and it's similar, like we had a similar very profound issue, which is, you know, about the, um, about the uh, Nisuch HaMayim, like the Tzadukin didn't believe in the Nisuch HaMayim. That, you know, as we know from Josephus, many of the Kohanim were Tzadukin. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, and as we know from reading the Gemara, Chazal, you know, would like to see it as if the rabbis were the ones in control of how things were done in the base of Mikdash. So there's a, a base that the Kohanim would always check with and ultimately Chazal oversaw it. So I certainly see a lot of this as sort of a question of like who's, a th- who's the authority here? You know, is it the Dukim way of doing things or the, rabbi- or the rabbinic way of doing? So I think that that's also part of it, you know, and that therefore the issues about these very focal avodot, you know, are, you know, that are major public avodot, I mean, even though this is private, but, you know, this very day of Yom Kippur becomes this major, you know, issue of a struggle for, you know, for authority. That's partly how I see it. Yes, Charlie. Okay, so let's take a look. So back, though, to this question about the, the two types of prohibitions, the entering in, the empty entering, and the, um, and the incorrect burning of the Torah. Okay. So now going back to what the Brighter said. So after the rabbi said that the Pasuk of Kibe Anan meant that you have to put some Male Ashan in to create the smoke, then they quoted again a Pasuk. That when you're burning it, the cloud has to envelop. So the Gemara says, you need a Pasuk to prove a Pasuk? It's <laughs> a great way of saying it. Right? You already quoted a Pasuk. He said, how do I know it's true? And you quote another Pasuk. So, you, you need a Pasuk to prove a Pasuk? Crowley crop? So, Amar of Yosef's Hachi Here's what the Brayta means. I only know that that you that that you can that you're required or that you you're that it's that it's that it's acceptable to do the leaf from the male ashan. Again, now we're talking about a specific plant called the male ashan. 
Iker male ashan minayin. How do I know you can even use the root of the male ashan? So Tamad Lamar Zuchisa, which meaning somehow that extra pasuk, like, you know, so funny. Does Zuchisa mean restrictive, or does it mean more inclusive? Often we say if it's being repeated, it's being more restrictive. But here it says somehow we like Zuchisa Mikol Makom. That even if you use the less powerful part of the plant, and maybe it doesn't create as much smoke as would be ideal, as long as you got the smoke and it co- covers the uh, kato- the kaporas, that's sufficient. So that's what we learn out from the second part, so that, you know, a broader category of what you can use to create the smoke. So Amalei Abaye, so Abaye said back, Ta'ibcha, Tanya. But the Brisa teaches opposite, that the ikar is better than the, uh, the, the root is better than the leaf. Why was the bright to teach the Tanya? Nothing but ikar maleashan. If you put the root of the plant in it, hayamitamer vole kamako. That's when it would go up straight like a pole. Adchemagili shmeikora till it got to the like uh, you know to, to the beams of the roof. Kivan she get went straight up. Kivan she Once it hit the beams of the roof, it would sort of. It's a very interesting verb. It would feel its way down and come down bakotalim on the walls. Uh, meaning like it would hit that you know spread out on the roof and then creep, straight, down. creep down excellent creep down the walls okay creep down the walls until it was filled with smoke and from Yeshayahu so therefore anyway you see that the root would be the better one fine so reverse it I only know it's good if you use the root from the plant and if you use the leaf from the plant, the extra is coming to tell you even a more, you know, even the less ideal part of the plant. Now that's one read of why we need two psukim about the cloud covering it. Okay. That is one of these stretches again. Right. Yeah. says, no, you need the two psukim to tell you the following. I only know that you're obligated to do this in Oomoed, right? Because the whole emphasis of the Psukim is It's all about the Oomoed. How do I know it's a similar avoda by the by the by the mikdash? And normally, like we don't need a Psukim to tell me if you bring the Ola the same way in the mikdash as you do in the Oomoed, and you bring a Chatas and you bring whatever. But here again, I want to remind you that so much of the Torah's description of the pur- purpose of the avoda is to Cleanse yeah. the mikdash, right? The chiper is a kodesh for el. So if it's about cleansing the mikdash. Maybe there's a difference between a portable mikdash and a permanent mikdash, and maybe there's a difference between olamoid and the mikdash. Also, remember Achoy Moshe ben Aaron. It says Aaron going, and this is definitely you know olamoid. Uh, right, right, right. But they didn't say minayin not Aaron, minayin ain't Okay, so how do you know minayin? So where were you? Ain't the olamoid shebet midbar. Shilo beis olam minayin. How do I know when we start? You know when it gets into Eretz Yisrael, and when you had the mikdash of Shilo, or you had the permanent house on the Har Bayis? How do I know that you? Similarly, have the same. Now, he's not saying just saying the whole avod is the same. How are those specifically the idea of the anan hakatorek um, is the same? That it has to cover, you know, fill, you know, create this whole anan. Talmud Lamar v'chisa. The extra, the, the repeating of the chisa is to tell you you have to do the same avod with the ktoras whether you're in the almoe, whether you're in the beit hamikdash. The says, Hi, No, 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 we get that. So the Pazak says, So shall you do for all Omoed. And the extra two words that says, That I got dwell in your midst amongst your Tumah means wherever I got dwell, they understand that that word Hashokhain, wherever I make my, my presence, you know, to dwell, that's where you do this Avoda. 
So that tells you it's the same whether it's Oa Moed or whether it's the Mikdash. So you don't need this extra Pasuk Vichisa. So El Kamar. Okay, fine, let's try again. Ainly Ela Biyoma Kippurim. I only know this requirement is on Yom Kippur. How do I know in the rest of the year? Talmud Lomar, Vichisa, the extra verse. Now, what's the rest of the year? What, if somebody just stop walks into the Kutcher Kutcher for the rest of the year, that this is how he has to do it? Yeah. So, you could be left with the Gros. That's what the Gros says, that the Psukim are not only talking about what you do on Yom Kippur, but was also telling Aaron in general when he wanted to enter in any time of the year that he could do this Avoda. But no. The simple sense, and it's going to be supported later, is we're also talking about requirements for the burning of the Ketorah that you did every single day, twice a day, out here. So that wouldn't be a Biyarekanis issue, but the burning that you would do out here, twice a day, that still has the requirements of, of Male Ashan and Chisach right? We say this every Shabbos, right, in the Pitzvah Torah. Chisach HaAchaz Misa. So we're not just talking about in here. So where it says, the Yamut, that you're high of Misa unless you do it properly, that's understood to be applied even to the daily Torah that was burnt. And it has to be the full ingredients, and it has to be with Kiba Anan, it has to create this Anan. And if not, you're high of Misa. Now that is quite fascinating because we are always assuming, I'm always assuming, right, that the whole idea, Kiba Anan Erael HaKaporet, and they even say that means the Anan HaKaporet, that the emphasis of the Male Arshan is about, you know, the, is about Yom Kippur. But if you remember, right, the discussion that they had about the family that knew how to create the Torah, and the special thing that they knew was this ingredient of the Malayashan, that was talking about the Torah that they created for every single day, right, that they created the daily Torah, and one of the important things was the Malayashan. So it's quite interesting that Chazal take this whole idea of God's presence in the Anan and creating this Anan as a Torah, you know, as a way of, you know, as, as, when you enter into the Kodesh Kedoshim and say, that is really required on a daily basis. And if you do that wrong, even on a daily basis, it's a Chayv Misa. So it raises, I think, an interesting question about, you know, this question always comes up, like, what is the purpose of the Torah that you do daily? What's the purpose of it on Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur, I think, you know, okay, the Gemara says Ketorah is Mechaper. But I think, as it says, it's also doing stuff in active kapar. But I think still, as we've been saying, the clear sense of the focus of it is creating that, allowing somehow for that encounter with God. And that even the ambiguity of Kiba Anan Era'eh, is it God appears in God's Anan, or is he appearing in the Anan, once we've created the Anan, then that God will appear, but the, that somehow allows for that encounter. I don't know if we would have said the same about the daily Torah. We don't have the sense that the daily Torah is to create this type of encounter. But somehow we're finding out that the same requirements with the same Chiv Nisa that apply in there and that sense of the Anan that allows for that encounter is required on a daily basis. So I think that that's a fascinating idea that it's somehow on a daily basis even if it's not the same intensity, we're still trying to, if you would, mo- uh, you know, sort of like model after, you know, mimic somehow, you know, has some attempt at a similar encounter or some shadow of a similar encounter even on a daily basis, which I think is very powerful. So yes, Michael. I, I, I still find it a little bit difficult because you say the but, but the rest of it makes sense. I understand. I get it. That's what my point is. I think that's very powerful that we're taking these sukim that are about this day and the Kodesh Kodashim and we're saying, oh, this teaches me general but, Kodesh. But, 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 yeah, it's repeated. In Eno Inyan for Yom Kippur and Kaddish Kaddashim, Tanei Yuenian L'chol Yimosh Hashanah for the Heichah. Right, but what I'm saying is that, you know, there has to be 
for me, man, I'm distracting too much, but there's also an element of, of the human endeavor in appreciating the divine, which is right. what he is the Right. Right. So just relying on God appearing. Okay. I mean, that's what it's trying to say. So in other words, it's not just God appearing and, you know, and... Oh, You're just saying the pshat of the kibanan. No, yeah. I'm just saying like what, what, what's motivating us to say that we, that, that we have to do something. I mean, that right. in order to really fully... Right. The divine, that's to be a, the no, I appreciate idea. that. Yeah, so, yeah. It's not so clear that uh, God only appears or encounters us in the there are plenty of counter examples. Um, sure. in, well, I'm, I'm, God is always the quote Hashem, Yerab Anan. Yeah, but could, maybe that's only in a public sense, but God appears to people, to the others, to Moshe, right. uh, to even the Vim. Right. You know, there's no Anan. Right. Uh, right. But, 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 but Era Al when it speaks about a Ra'al HaKaporet, it always speaks like about the, the Anan, you know, right? That's how, right, so that's how Shemot ends, right? That the Anan fills the house, then, you know, and lo, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, public sign, I mean, you just, you want to have to figure out when it's Ra'al right. required. You know, right, right, right. right. The desert, right? But you're also trying to explain why we're right. choosing to read Kiba Anan as Anan HaKaporet. See, that's also check out of years, right? Right. Jonathan, you had a point? When were the yeah, yeah, it was during the process of the Tumish. Yeah. Also, same time, a little later. Right? I mean, you forget, they did, I forget the exact order. I know it was a whole daf or two, but you know, you shecht it, and then between the blood and the this, then you come in and you do the menorah and the ketores, and then this, and then you do the chavitin, and when you're bringing up the limbs, etc. Okay, let's go back. So now we have it being done every day, modeled after this. Um, and with the same consequences. Um, okay. So the Gemara says like this. Um, um, Ravashi, now Ravashi says, why do you need two psukim? Chad l'mitzvah v'chad l'ake. Simple. One would have just said you're required to do it, but maybe if you didn't do it this way with the Anan, with the, um, you would, it, you, it would bidyevit be okay. And the second time tells you, no, even bidyevit it's required. Now Tosa says, well, I don't get it, Tosa says, that's true by everything about Yom yeah. Kippur. It says Chok and everything is Ma'akes. It says, well, maybe it also means Shayimus Hashana, that they're both Ma'akes, that you needed to say twice to be Ma'akes. Rav Amar, Chaz Onish V'chaz Lazara. Now, one Pesach is to tell you you're Chayiv Misa. The other Pesach is to tell you you're prohibited from doing it any other way. Okay? Lo Yavo, Ki Be'anan Ere'ad. Don't come without doing it this way. And the other Pesach says, the Chisa, Na'anakatora, tells you what, you, you know, below Yamus, you know, so one says that if you don't do it this way, you won't die, and the other says, you know, you're prohibited from doing it any other way. Tanya, we turn to Brisa, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Veloyamut Onesh, right? So, Ki Be'anan Ere'eh Azhara. So, the Pesach says, right, it says, what is it? So that would be the consequence, you'll die. Ki Be'anan Ere'eh, that's telling you don't do it otherwise. Now, Ki Be'anan is not saying don't. But it connects with the al yavo ki anan. Do not enter except with the anan. So the al yavo ki anan is your prohibition. The lo yamus is the consequence. Okay. So um, now the lo yamus ki anan. Yachol yushem amur in kodem misas penayaron. Maybe did maybe both of these the prohibition and the consequence were told to Moshe and Aaron. I guess before Aaron's sons died. The importance about this being. This right is really exploring a little bit the juxtaposition of, not a little bit, of Acharei Moshnei B'nei Aron, right? They died. We know what they did is that they brought Kitoret, right? They brought Eish Zara, Lishnei Hashem, fire, you know, you know, by right? Let's say they seem like Kitoret, right? Am I right? Let's say they burned Kitoret. Somebody help remind me. 
It says, it says, each mach says no, but you knew him a fire Okay, of course, right afterwards it says, it's the, we have the prohibition about, um, about yayin v'sheichar al taste, which certainly leads to the possibility that they were drunk when they were doing it. Okay, but also we have, here it says, al yavo b'chol eis, and it means and they did a katoras, so it seems to suggest that what they did somehow was a katoras, but they did it wrong. So maybe the explanation is that they were already told before they died, this is how you have to bring the katoras if you're going inside the Kaddish Kadashim. And that's why they were deserving of death, because they were given their marking orders, and they were given their consequence, and they violated it. It wouldn't be fair that they were punished if they were not told, so maybe this whole thing was said before they died. Okay, and that would explain what, well, and that would explain why they died. So one minute, so let's see what it says. It says, um, so, um, Yochul Yushneim Amorim Kodem Yisus Benayaron, both the prohibition and the consequence. Talmud Lomar, Acharei Moshneim Benayaron, no, he was only told it after they died. Yochul Yushneim Amorim Achar Yisus Shnei Benayaron, maybe both the prohibition and the consequence were said after they died, and none of this was, was, was hinted to beforehand. Talmud Lomar, because I will be, appear on the Kaporas. Now, where, what's the proof? So, Rashi says, the proof is the Lashon Akib. I will, or the Gemara is actually, I think, going to say. Yeah, the Gemara is going to say. So, I will appear in the future, but I have yet to appear. Well, you know, when Aaron and his, when Aaron and his children brought it, that was by Yom Hashmini. That was the day that the Mishkan was erected. That was the day that God's Anan filled the Mishkan. So what do you mean, I will in the future appear? You already appeared on the day that the Mishkan was erected. So it must be that this was said before they died, before the Mishkan was erected. Uh, hold on a second. Ha-Ketzad, so how do you reconcile this? Azhara um, Ah, they were warned before they died. And therefore, they got said, I will in the future. That was said before, that part of the parsha was said before the uh, Yom HaShemini, no, before it was erected. I understand. The onish, but the consequence, the lo yamus, that was achar misa after they died. Now, again, chopping up a pasuk, it's very bizarre. My Talmud, what's the, the idea that kibanan eira'eh means that it was said earlier? Amarava, amakra, kibanan eira'eh, I will appear, the dayin lo eh. And I have not yet appeared, so, so that part of the puzzle had to be said before Yom Hashmini. I do want to point out two things about this. Okay, A, besides that it's grappling with the juxtaposition of Mises Bnei Aaron, and, you know, but it's a little forced to say they couldn't have known about this ahead of time, so stuff splits it up, but it has now said that Anan means the Anan that God normally appears in, not Anan HaKetorah. Kibanan Eira'eh, right, is not when I appear on Yom Kippur and you, you bring it, then you have to create this Anan, then it would be future. It's about on a future Yom Kippur, on a future day when you do this Avoda. No, now we're saying the Anan means God's regular Anan, where God appears. And then Mark says, well, that already happened, you know, way back in Yom Hashmini. So what do you mean the future? So Anan now is being interpreted more, I would say, this, you know, the, what, what maybe the, the first assumption would be, which would be God's normal appearance by Anan. The other thing that is interesting is that when it says that the Anan filling the, the, filling the Mishkan on Yom Hashmini, um, it does, it, um, let's see what it says. It says, da da da, so they did the whole thing on Yom Hashmini. Um, so 
So the only thing that says is Kvod Hashem was nearer to everybody. So even if it's Kvod Hashem nearer Be'anan, which is how it normally appears, it wasn't on the Kaporet. It wasn't God's intense presence filling the Kaporet. Right? So again, it's quite fascinating, the interpretation of this book, verse, Ki Ba'anan al HaKaporet, A, where you're finally saying Anan means the normal Anan that God appears. But B, we're saying that already took place at the time of Yom HaShmini, the time of the erection of the Mishkan. You didn't hear the emphasis of the Kaporet. I would even tell you, at the end of Shemot, where it does talk about God's presence filling the Mishkan, and that really is an important psukim to read as they relate to this idea of Ki Ba'anan, listen to the psukim that ends Sefer Shemot. So God's presence fills, the Anan of God's presence fills the Mishkan, and Moshe can't even enter. But you know what's important to note? It's the whole Mishkan. It's not just the Kodesh Kodashim. So to be thinking about this issue, God sometimes appears Anan outside the Mishkan. Sometimes you have the sense that God's entire presence fills the Mishkan with the Anam, but the entire Mishkan. And here it's specifically about the Kodesh Kedoshim and Al HaKaporet. So the fact that the Gemara took this Pasuk of Kib Anan, and A said it's talking about the normal Anan, and B related it to Yom Hashemini, which it wasn't emphasizing the Mishkan and the Kaporet, is quite fascinating. But because it does that, it splits up when this event, when this verse was given, and to what degree B'nai Aro knew of this problem before they did what they did. So now the Gemara continues. So, the Elamaitai Ma'ianish. So again, fascinating. It assumes that they would not have been punished, they would not have gotten this death had they not been not only prohibited, which now we're saying they were, but forewarned about the consequence, which is not Pshad of the Psukim. You know, Pshad of the Psukim is that God's presence is so, you know, so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. Somebody has sort of explained it like a, like a metaphor, like a, like, um, like, um, a, like, uh, like, like, you know, an, uh, um, what is it called? Like an electricity, uh, you know, high voltage electricity generator. Like, you know, there's so much power there that it gives life to everything, but if you get too close without knowing being the right precautions, you're going to get zapped. Okay, and you see that, right? You know, you know when the arrow slips off of the Agalah, right? And you know, and he, you know, Uzzah tries to capture it, boom, gets, you know, he dies, you know? So that's the whole thing. There's this power and this danger and you have to take the right precautions. It's not just, oh, you, it's not this legalistic sense of you were warned and you knew the consequences and you did it amaze it and therefore you're going to get the deserving punishment. You know, that's not the sense you get in the Psukim about why this death, like the death of an Aaron occurs. But Chazal have like legalized it, halachicized it. And therefore they could not have gotten their punishment had they not been not only prohibited but forewarned of the consequences. So, so then why did they get punished? Elamai time at so why were they punished? So Kitatanya, like we talked in the Bryce, the Rebeliad Omer, Lomeshbinearon, Ella Alsha, Ho Halacha Bisne Moshe Rabban. No, the problem was was that they paskin in front of Moshe. Nothing to do with the Taras, nothing to do with being drunk, that they paskin in front of Moshe. My Darish. So it says that they should put fire. So they gave the psak that even though the, 
the, the, the, the fire comes from heaven, you have to bring it from the head yod. And therefore, they gave the plaque, which is the right halacha, that you always add your own fire. And, but the bad was, they did it before Rabba. Now, of course, where were they told not to do that? Is that you be chayv misa? But now we have completely, certainly moved it into sort of the rabbinic realm, you know, and areas that we're comfortable with. Now, where do they get that, as, of all things, to say that that's what was going on? Well, they so, did it in Exactly, because not only that, it says, as I just read you, the Eish came down. So this is, the Eish was right before they did their act. And then it says they brought Eish Zarah, Asher Lutzibautam. So even though it mentions Ketoret, it also says Eish Zarah. So, you know, so that fire, again, not that the bringing of it was wrong, but it was wrong that they did not sort of respect the proper rabbinic authority, if you would, in the process of doing this. And again, talking about echoing that theme of the Kohanim, independent authority from the rabbis. Moshe is, of course, the rabbi, Moshe Rabbeinu, and B'nai Aaron, and they're sort of not, you know, not going through the proper channels. I just want to show you one minute that Tosos, the small Tosos, Jehoru, Halacha Bishnei Moshe Rabban, there's a lot of different opinions of the Tanayim why they died they finally got their payments from Har Sinai because they had you know saw God and we did not and by Yochlu Vayishtu it incorrectly you know the whole vision of God that the Zakanim have they were like every young generation impatient for the old generation to die out when will these two old guys die and we two take over again where they get that from the Pesukim I don't know there's another position they went in with uh, you know um, you know with uh, sort of wild hair again where they get that from is not clear uh, which we, we, there you understand the juxtaposition because right afterwards they weren't wearing all the other so where some of these are come from is not so clear you can look at the discussion over there but there's a lot of speculation in terms of trying to figure it out Rishi, you had a question? Oh, Rishi, you had a question? Now, according to the witches the age killed them they were killed they were by fire the age shall be bare, right? Yeah, but take the age. Yeah, but doesn't it mean? Yeah, I think that's what the pasuk says. What? It could have been from the. Doesn't the pasukim say? What does the pasukim say? They don't say. It's a question. The midrash said that the fire went inside their mouth. Well, that's true. Also, what does it say? Milisnei Hashem. So I don't know where Milisnei Hashem is anymore. Is it from up there? Is it from the Rizbeach? Is it from the Kodesh Kadashim? Right. There's a lot of Milisnei Hashem. Yeah. Just one more question. Then we have to keep moving on. Not necessarily that this pasuk, but the, 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 the but that that the fact that it has era alludes to you that that part they had known already ahead of time. You know, maybe not in this pasuk, but they, that's how I think how it's being read. Okay, let's keep on going. Okay, now we move on to the um, walking backwards. Yatsa ubalo knisato. After he burned, puts it on the fire. He now walks backwards. You know what I so where do you know that you're supposed to walk backwards when you leave the presence of God? Because um, the verse says, Shlomo came to the altar in the Gibbon. That was where the altar was prior to the base of Mikdash. This was before the base of Mikdash was built. Altar to Gibbon, Yerushalayim. Now it should have said, 
from Yerushalayim. That's where he came from. That says, Givon Yerushalayim. So, Bechimayin and Givon, it's Yerushalayim. What does that mean, Givon Yerushalayim? It's like the same place, you know. That's the way it sounds. It doesn't say he came from Yerushalayim. El Amaki, Shitsiyasa Migivon Yerushalayim, Libyasa Yerushalayim Ligivon. It connects the return trip. He's not just going from Yerushalayim. He's going to be returning also from Givon to Yerushalayim. So, by not having the word from, it basically suggests both directions. And it connects leaving Givon and returning to Yerushalayim to the going from Yerushalayim to Givon. Ma'abiyasam Yerushalayim li Givon, the same way when he came, Hanav Klapei Bama, he obviously was facing towards the Bama, he was facing towards where he was going. Kederich Biyaso, that's the way he was, nor obviously the way he was going, he was facing that way. Avgitiyaso mi Givon Yerushalayim, similarly when he returns, it's the same thing. Hanav Klapei Bama, Kederich Biyaso, yeah, so it means when he begins the backwards journey at least. Anyway, he continues to face the Bama as he leaves. Okay, the chain now, not only is this about the Kohen Gadol when he leaves the Kodesh Kadashim, we already spoke, by the way, about moving that intense experience of the Kodesh Kadashim and Yom Kippur with the Ketoreth to making it a daily thing, you know, having an echo of it on a daily basis of the burning of the Ketoreth. So now listen to this, the same idea about the exit, that also is something that is experienced as a daily basis, this way of exiting. The chain, Kohenim Bavodasam, the Kohenim when they do their Avoda and they leave presumably the Azara, okay, the Levim B'duchanam, the Levim are in the Duchan, you know, doing their song, which is also on the Azara, in the Azara, the Yisrael B'mamadam, in the Yisrael, right, there would be a representative of B'nai Yisrael every day to stand over the daily sacrifices to represent the people for whom those sacrifices are being brought, and they would be in the Azara. So now, it's not only when you leave the Kodesh Kodesh, and not only when you leave the Heichal, even when you leave the Azara, you walk backwards. Okay? So now, partly it's learned from Shlomo, maybe, where it says Bama. So it's about the altar. Even the presence of the altar, you walk backwards. Okay? When they leave, they would not turn their back, like turn their face around and keep their, have their back to the Azara. They would put face towards the side. So maybe it wouldn't always be straight backwards because you bump into people. Yeah, but yeah, like maybe a little bit like this, you know, or a little angle to the side, but you would not have your back. Certainly you would not have your back towards the altar. Maybe that's also like a degree of difference. Like when you leave the Kodesh Kodashim, especially if you're the only one around, uh, you know, you walk totally, and especially if you've got curtains to guide you, you walk totally backwards. Okay, whereas if you, in this case, a little less intense, you might angle yourself, but you're still not turning your back. What? People, you know, walk backwards and leave a shoulder. Well, let's take a look, okay? So again, what's fascinating here, like the move of the Ketores to the daily Ketores, is the, is the bringing of this as a more daily experience. And now, not only daily in the Mikdash, let's look where the Gemara goes now. So, Chayn, um, when a student leaves his Rebbe, right? because again, this also this sort of Mikdash and Torah sort of, you know, dialectic or parallel. Um, so, we don't have a Mikdash nowadays. What do we have? We have Torah. Torah is our, cent- is our center. Torah is our Mikdash. That's embodied in the Rebbe. So when you leave the Rebbe, lo yachzir panaviyeleich, do not turn your back and walk away. Elamit sadei panavoleich, you move to, you walk back, you know, towards, you know, face, you know, facing off to the side. Kiha, and now we have a story. Rebbe Lazar, when Rebbe Lazar tadavim nifteminei Rebbe Yochanan, he was a student of Rebbe Yochanan. When he would take his leave of Rebbe Yochanan, so it depends who would have, who, who was leaving. Okay, tadavim by Rebbe Yochanan liskuyef. Rebbe Yochanan was the one who wanted to walk away. 
would prostrate himself and stay in his place. So Rabbi Yochanan was no longer visible to him. So if the Rebbe is leaving, you prostrate yourself and the Rebbe takes his leave and then you get up and you leave. Now, if Rebbe Lezer had to take his leave, he would walk backwards, he would walk backwards until he was no longer visible by Rebbe Yochanan, meaning he would walk backwards until Rebbe Yochanan, meaning, you know, since Rebbe Yochanan couldn't see him, him turning his back would not be disrespectful. Okay, so he would wait until he could no longer be seen by Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, but you see now this rep- the embodying of this not on a daily basis and in the context of Torah, not just of Mikdash. Um, similarly, Rava, Karavi Mr. Minei Rabbi Yosef, when Rava would take his leave of Rabbi Yosef, he would walk backwards, Rava, and now we're going to see the problem of walking backwards without having a side view mirror, until his legs would, get, would, would bang against things, because he's walking backwards, and the, uh, the uh, doorposts of Rabbi Yosef would, be, would, would get dirty with blood. So he'd walk out of the house, out through the doorway backwards, and his legs would bang against the doorway, which maybe had splinters, and he would, and it would, and his blood, and you know, he'd get blood on the doorway. It's quite also evoking the whole Korban Pesach image, right? The blood on the doorway. All right. So anyway, so that's what he would do. So Amar, maybe not intentionally, but he was willing to, you know, allow for that risk. And there, Amrulei Rav Yosef Hachiyavid Rava. So people told Rav Yosef, you should know that this is what Rava is doing when he takes his leave. You. Why did they have to tell him? He was blind. He didn't know. But they informed him. You know, you know. I want you to know what happens when Rava takes leave, even though you can't see him. And this is interesting, and maybe even in contrast to the previous discussion, which is once Rav Yochanan couldn't see Rav Lezer, Rav Lezer felt free to turn his back, even though Rav Yosef couldn't see Rava. Maybe other people could see, you know, and therefore, but it would still be disrespectful in his presence, even if he couldn't see, to turn his back. Um, so he so Amarle, so Rava, so so Rav Yosef said to him, Yehei to Rava when he heard about this, Yehei Rava the Tarum Reishcha Akule Kracha. May it be God's will that your your head, you know, your your should be lifted over over the entire city, which Rashi says means like you should be a Rosh Yeshiva. Um, the Marsha says it means basically you should be the head of both Yeshivot, not just you know the one you, you and Abai have competing Yeshivot. So anyway, he was very impressed with that. Okay, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Did not tell him to stop. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Let's read a little bit more. Amar Rabbi Yochanan and Levi. Hamit Palel Tzarech Sheafsiyah Shlosh Psiot Lachorav. And now we also get a translation in Tefillah, another encounter of God. There's Mikdash. There's Torah. There's Tefillah. Right, and in Tefillah you're in God's presence, so you walk backwards. Three steps backwards. And then you say, you know, But you say goodbye. First you walk back. It's interesting. Don't say goodbye and then walk back. First walk back and then say goodbye. I'm trying to think of the significance of the difference. Of like, you know, you know, I mean, I guess because once you say goodbye, you're seeing yourself as no longer in the presence. So you first want to sort of demonstrate a certain distancing of the presence, you know, and then Well, you also don't want to say goodbye, right? Well, oh, the reluctance to say goodbye. That could be. What? In our formulation, it's not really saying goodbye. We paint shalom to a different... To... Oh, say shalom. There's a ceremony. Right. So why is it the ceremony? But why does it end the ceremony? 
rather than before. Yeah, but the Gemara, I, I'm, and somehow there seems a significance. First you do the steps, then you say, Yosef Shalom. But, you know, but yeah, I mean, you sort of, first you have to break off, right, you have to, have to break off the intense connection and step back, and then you sort of sum it up with Yosef Shalom. But this is right? all African Kippur, is what we're saying. Yeah, that's what the Gemara is saying. Okay, so, um, what? Right, right. Oh, that's true. Seeing a shalom is a request for a bracha, although the host monastery has been a request for a bracha, but yes. Okay. I'm only Rav Mordechai. So Rav Mordechai says, Once you take your three steps back, you got to stand there, meaning don't immediately go back to where you were. Wait there for a moment. It's interesting how we now look at leaving God's presence in Shimon Esrei. We're going to go back to the previous model of leaving your Rebbe. So when the Talmud leaves his Rebbe, in Choser Altar, if he steps away from his Rebbe, and then immediately walks back, it's like a dog returning to his vomit. Now, I have to tell you, I never understood this. Who would want to make an analogy with God or the Rebbe being vomit? You know, so I, I, I really don't... I, I, somebody's got to explain to me the metaphor and the image. But somehow, it's not respectful to show you take your leave. You take your leave means, you know, that that place is where the Rebbe is, is where God is. I've, uh, you know, I've stepped back, and now I have to, like, honor that place. You know, I, I don't just, you know, to walk back shows I don't respect you know, the presence of God or the presence Wait, of my Rebbe. Chodzer Ma'alter, what's the main point? In other words, if he just walks away immediately? No, Chodzer, at least, is not understood to mean you just leave, but it means that, and, uh, but the whole idea of Shavu means you go back. You take your steps back, you finish Shmona Esrei, and then you walk right back to where you were standing. And that happens a lot, by the way. Yeah. Here you are, you're standing Shmona Esrei by the table, right? You walk back, you're done, and then, okay, I want to go back to the table where I was sitting. So you actually say, no, 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 you have to, like, wait here a few but seconds. How long? Just say years yes, don't I think they, yeah, I think they, 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 yeah. Well, whatever, you know, I think the Hebrew Chag Ba'amot, but I don't understand the image of Kelev HaShav or K.O. You know, I must the, say. The, the Kio, uh, you debase yourself. Right, but I'm right. So I do understand that it is debasing. I don't understand like what is the ke- kio. Yeah, that's you know? your, yeah, you're, your own you're going back to your you're reversing your debasement. You know, you oh, know. Yeah, oh, you're saying the process. You're saying the process of stepping back is basically like so you're not I'm there anymore. No, no, but what Dover thing is like is a type of anochi afar ve'efer. Like you know, I right. Is that what you mean? Like you're I'm I'm nothing, and I'm and I you know, and I therefore I'm so little, you know, and therefore you leave. So you've demonstrated your lowliness and then you're re-entering the space that's interesting that's interesting okay we have to end here we're already a little bit over we will continue with the whole stepping back choreography uh, tomorrow